What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society Podcast. I'm your host, Irvin. And today, man, I have my good friend Rob. I believe how you say his last name is Shanep or Shanip. I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm saying it wrong, but anyways, I got my dude Rob on. He's a financial life planner. Uh what he does is something like real specific. Um I'm like really new to the industry, but since it's something that like I don't like I said, it's new to me. So I found interesting having him on, you know, learn a little bit about what he does. Um, And and he tailors his program specifically for Lyman electricians, which I'm an electrician, not specifically Lyman, but, you know, it's 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 related. You know, it's kind of part of the same category industry um so it was fun having a conversation with them you know learning all this 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 new this new thing that i've never really uh learned about but you know nobody talked nobody talks about being um financially fit which is which is interesting to me so if you know somebody is going to benefit from it <clears throat> he's also into education so if you're in that field um, just make sure that you share it out with anybody you know is going to benefit from it, especially if they're in education or um, alignment electrician. So, and just make sure that you tell Rob that you heard it here in the Breakthrough Society. And with that being said, guys, let's get to it. So before we get into the show with Rob, man, just make sure that you share it out to somebody you know is going to benefit from it. Tell them why you think they'll benefit from it. Um, share it out to your social media. Tag us. We'll repost it. Let us reach out to us. Let us know what you think of it, of this of this uh, episode. And uh, also go to, go to uh, Facebook and Instagram. Type in Break the Society. Give us a like, follow, uh, follow us, you know, and everything that we're doing. And with that being said, guys, let's get to the show. How's it going, man? Welcome to Breakthrough Society. Doing well, Irvin. I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Sure, man. Thanks for taking time out of your day and being here. Hey, I'm I'm here to serve, man. Let me know. Uh, let me know how I can serve best. Oh yeah, man. So, I mean, just real quick, you know, just kind of give like the the audience an overview of of what you do right now. What do you currently do? Sure. So um, I'm an investment manager, um, a financial life planner, kind of a life coach and financial advisor uh, in one. And I do a lot of work with um, some nonprofits, uh, one in particular, Discover Yourself Now. Very excited about that one. Um, Focusing on bringing together mindfulness, character development and financial literacy to at risk youth in schools through both workshops and curriculum development. So I've never like really heard anybody um, be in that in that kind of career. Is that something like unique or uh, the financial education side or the uh, uh, like financial life planning side? Yeah, the life planning. Yeah, so it's um, it's what good financial advising should be. Uh, 
a lot of times, you know, at some some people just call themselves financial planner, um, and they do life planning. Um, but just from a kind of a, a way to stand out, I like to include that in there. Um, good financial planning done right is good life planning, where basically it's um, what are your goals going deep on your specific goals, not for an individual like you, but for you in particular, and how do we take those goals and create a financial architecture to help support that? Um, and so at the end of the day, it's financial planning with a deep emphasis on you really understanding what your goals are. So I'm not unique out here. In fact, there's yeah. uh, registered life planning. Uh, that is a designation that you could get. Um, there's schools starting to kind of develop around uh, life planning as well as uh, good solid financial planning but it's a it's it's certainly an exciting space to be in that's for sure yeah so like how were you raised man how did you end up going into that industry well so i'm actually third generation in financial services field so my grandfather was with uh dean witter reynolds back in the day um my father started uh with dean witter morgan stanley then he became an independent financial advisor so i got to see that model um my parents did, did a great job of being really present with us and you know especially in the 80s there was kind of that divorce between work life and home life um so it wasn't until much later that i realized i didn't actually know what my dad did um, yeah and then by the time i found out i'm like man that would have been great to know earlier like that's really cool um so it's it's been something that i've seen modeled um and modeled in different ways um and so when i got into the financial advising industry i found myself hooked up with a firm where i could actually be on the coaching side i could coach a bunch of financial advisors on a specific strategy and what that allowed me to do is allowed me to actually um, see a bunch of different business models and a bunch of different ways that financial advisors run their practices and i could kind of pick and choose what i wanted to get from where so that that really helped um, i love helping people I love people um, and in some ways, financial advising, financial planning is like the ultimate liberal arts. So I went to school actually uh, and got an emphasis in English literature, poetry and philosophy, which pretty much qualifies you to just go to grad school. Um, and I'm sorry, not, not uh, philosophy, psychology. I studied a lot of philosophy. But it, it, it doesn't qualify you to do anything. It disqualifies you to yeah. go to grad school, basically. And I didn't want to do that. <clears throat> Wanted to get married. So um, I decided my first job out of college uh, was going to be helping people get jobs. Um, so my first job that I got was helping people get jobs. And I had good experience because I had just gotten a job myself. Yeah. So uh, I, it was social work. I was working with a private company that worked with the County of Orange, helping people who get onto welfare, get back into the workforce through job interview training and such. Um, 
But I found while I was doing that, I spent more time helping them set future budgets for themselves and future financial goals. I realized if I, if I really want to meld my love of helping people, of psychology, of helping the overall community I was in, um, I was going to be better served working with some of my natural proclivities, which was helping people create kind of a firm financial architecture beneath the life that they want. So how old were you whenever you realized or whenever you found found what it was that your dad was doing and you're like, oh, shit, you know, I like this. Oh, I, I mean, that was. Uh, college, late, late high okay. school, college. I, I kind of knew late high school and then yeah. it, it wasn't until maybe senior year going into college that I was like, what exactly do you do when you I know you go to work. Um, yeah. And I know you're a stock broker, but as a kid, you think maybe a sock, is, you know, a stock is kind of like a sock. So we still really weren't quite sure. Um, and it was just it was kind of the deal at that time. Like you don't talk about work at home. You don't talk about home at work. Um, mm -hmm. And he did a great job of that. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it wasn't until later that I kind of understood a little bit more and then uh, saw how the world of psychology really kind of melds into that and life planning and realized like, oh my gosh, everything is in this realm of financial planning. Um, so it's it's been something I've been focused on ever since. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I found out like what my dad was doing because he started taking me to work when when I was ten. So I knew like very early on. What so, what you know, did you Electrical. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So he still does electrical, right? He just like we live. I moved. Well, Austin, where I live now, is about five hours away from home. So he still has his business, you know, back home, and I have mine. So it's, we're still separate. You know what I'm saying? But he still helps me out. I still help him out every You're once in a while. Multi-generational too. Yeah. Yeah. Second uh, generation. I like it. I like it. That's cool. But you're yeah. in the cool place for the new generation, Austin. <laughs> so everybody's moving. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, but like the yeah, like the I, I never knew like I never really thought that I was going to keep, you know, like the electrical, like still be in the electrical industry, you know, growing up and stuff like that. I thought about it, but I really wasn't sure. And then like whenever I found it on this podcast, right, that we were talking about prior to hitting record here. Um, he kind of just cleared cleared my mind and just asked like he led me to ask myself like dude what like what do you really want to do mm. you know so like yeah. I had I had my business but I was like trying to figure out some other avenues to go into and I'm like like what am I doing kind of thing so that just kind of led me to to like my passion of helping people right like not not necessarily or yeah help my clients right like with their electrical Right, make sure their their house is, is safely and well done, but also like help shape the industry in a way that people don't see the electrical field as, you know, like oh that guy didn't go to college so now he's working as an electrician kind of thing. Oh man, just... I, dude, I, I love the like electrical field. In fact, one of the uh, one of my core targets that I talk with are power linemen, guys mm -hmm. that. Uh, 
you know, usually they're journeymen or union workers, um, and they work not not like football power linemen, but uh, guys that work on power <laughs> yeah. lines um, because they're just like everybody else, man. No one teaches you financial literacy. No one teaches you what to do when you're not making money, but even more so, they don't teach you what to do when you are making money. Yeah. So linemen are and electrical workers that's a very ripe field for talking about um financial planning investment management insurance strategies financial literacy because you got these guys that travel around in fifth wheelers and rvs with their families maybe they maybe they're in their family they haven't been making a lot of money in the past and now they're making two hundred thousand five hundred thousand a year and just as not having money is a financial trauma so is going from not making a lot of money for most of your life to making a lot of money that's a trauma of sorts it's a trauma most people would wish upon themselves of course but it's a trauma nonetheless and you can do some stupid stuff before you get your head screwed on straight um so i i love i love the electrical trade man there's like every dude i've met in that trade has been a good dude um and usually a family person as well that's how i met them was traveling around rv parks yeah yeah that's the thing like with the with the trades it's like a lot of family right like they just they go past down generation generation yeah and that gets to one of my whys is like i want to break generational self-limiting beliefs that's actually one of the goals of our uh, nonprofit is helping to break generational self-limiting self-defeating beliefs around yourself your community and particularly your relationship to money yeah dude that's good and t- tell me about because um, you said right now that you were you were jumping from RV to RV, dude. Like I know you were living in the in the, the school bus, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we spent. So I've I've got uh, first off a little bit about myself. Um, I've got five kids. In three weeks, we're expecting baby number six. Well, and if that's not crazy enough, we spent uh, three years living and traveling full time around the United States in a school bus that we turned into an RV. Uh, We started the trip with three kids, traveled around for three years, gave birth to a kid out on a hippie commune in the backwoods of Tennessee. So that popped us up to four kids. And then uh, we lived in stationary in San Diego for a few years. That's where we had uh, baby number five. Um, So we had gotten the harebrained idea that we wanted to move away from Orange County, but we didn't quite know where. Um, and so we thought, well, let's let's travel around for a few months and uh, see. And Austin was one of the places we looked at. Um, Austin's cool, man. I, I like it. But uh, for the same price, I could have gotten a house out in North San Diego County. And there's the ocean out there and some family. 
So that's why we went stationary in San Diego for a bit. But we uh, we decided if we were going to travel around and we were going to have our family, we wanted something safe. So an uh, RV is designed to be very lightweight, which means it's very gas efficient, but it also means it's made of very lightweight materials. Um, in our uh, a school bus is designed to take a hit, roll over, and all 72 kids come toddling out the back. So we took a school bus, um, made it into a living situation with running water, bunk beds for the kids, really nice. Um, in fact, uh, go to uh, my wife's Instagram is contented nomads. So at contented nomads. Um, we don't really we don't really keep up with that um, very much since we stopped traveling. But uh, uh, if you scroll back through, you can see some pictures of the bus and stuff in there. Um, but it was fun, man. It was fun. It was it was interesting being in what's traditionally kind of a white collar job, investment manager, um, but kind of traveling around and staying at uh, Bureau of Land Management, BLM land. Um, meeting up with uh, trades guys in RV parks that are traveling around as well. Felt kind of like a white collar gypsy uh, yeah. <laughs> going around. It was fun. So what, what made you uh, the decision to like first say, well, you know, let's go travel like this for three years? Well, uh, yeah, good question. Uh, I'd started it. So we knew we didn't want to live in Orange County. We didn't know where we wanted to live. And so we were like, well, let's just travel around for a few months, go to a few hot spots and see what we like. And then we discovered after uh, after a, some significant breakdowns, um, by the way, like just as an aside, a lot of people go, oh, my gosh, you were able to live tiny and travel that must have been so cheap I say no those are three points of a triangle that don't touch you can either live tiny and travel you can live tiny and live cheaply but you can't do all three at once yeah. especially in a 30 year old school bus so we had a number of breakdowns um we had a number of very fun adventures and we realized oh we've actually built the skill of living on the road we look at it as self-growth for ourselves instead of a challenge. We look at it as family bonding instead of, oh my gosh, get me away from all these kids. Um, and we realize if you deal with, you know, living tiny helps bring up your triggers. A lot of times we have a lot of personal triggers that we can kind of negotiate around because we literally have the space to negotiate around. Um, but in a tiny space, everything's right here. And so you either can choose to deal with your triggers or you can just choose to be kind of pissed off all the time. Yeah. And so we realized like through that lens, there's a lot of gold to be gleaned from continuing to do this. Plus, we had a pretty good skill set of being able to live and travel tiny, deal with emergencies when they happened. And so we really kind of uh decided well let's 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 run this thing out a bit more um yes let's keep traveling to find a cool place to call home but let's let's take some time and actually just enjoy traveling um and so we did 
It's very did, fun. I, yeah. I did some coaching for uh, financial advisors at the time. Um, I ran my little small investment practice. I was able to help out uh, uh, a financial advisor that was a friend for uh, a number of those years. Um, did some freelance writing here and there. I mean, kind of cobbled together an income uh, so that we could keep doing it. Yeah, Dude, that's that's awesome. Like before, like in the past years, like I've always had that, like, um, like I've always been interested in 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 like turning a, a school bus or turning a van into one of those like things that you could just live out of. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just like travel, like how y'all been doing? Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's hard. Sad. Um, I a lot of times it gets glamorized on Instagram. Um, yeah, mostly with you know bikini shots on the beach, but I don't look good in a bikini, so we never did those <laughs> shots. Um, it's hard, but it's uh, it was it was definitely worth it. There was a lot of gold to be gleaned from it. Um, a lot of family gold, a lot of uh, personal development gold. Like it was, it was good. Yeah, and I think I mean it's it's way harder. Like whenever you have kids, you and, know it is, like, but I, that's. That's one reason why we wanted specifically to keep doing it, and we would go to uh, trade shows, um, you know, van life meetups or uh, tiny house festivals and stuff. And we specifically mm-hmm. wanted to go to show that like your life doesn't end with kids. The adventure doesn't yeah. end with kids. They're not little balls and chains. Like train them up in the way that they should go. And if that includes flexibility and adventure, that that includes flexibility and adventure, man. Um, We oftentimes were the only ones with kids, and we were able to talk to and inspire a number of families to do what we did. Yeah, and the fact that like they're they're uh, that breaks like that whole generational mindset where like they they already like you brought them along the journey, so they already know what's possible. As in. Like, you know, you can still travel and work and have fun and do all these things. So whenever they're older, they 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 know they can, you know, go out and do that, too. Yeah. Kind of thing. And they're not like stuck in this bubble where it's like, no, you, you can't do that. Or you got to you got to work, you know, here in this place and stuff like that. Yeah. They're not it, stuck. And it's been interesting, too, because I run. I mean, right now I'm at a coffee shop, so I apologize for the blender sound in the background. But, uh, um, you know, uh, I do a lot of work from home. Like, my kids see what I do. They know what I do. They know that uh, working hard is important. Um, Even though I spend a lot of time with them, um, I kind of mix family life and business life. Like, it's just my life. it's our life as a family sure. that we do. So the kids celebrate when I'm able to help someone or bring on a, a new client to help. Um, and it gets them kind of jazzed about making money and how to start a business and how to help people. And um, So that's been cool to watch too. Yeah, dude, that's, that's so awesome, dude. That's like... Now, now when I have kids, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna look forward to doing something like that. Cause like if I can work off of my laptop, you know, like I definitely would, and I'd probably yeah. be doing that thing where it's just like just traveling, just hopping the city to city kind of thing. 
you know, just working off of my laptop. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's super cool. I can't recommend it enough. I yeah. also can't warn against it enough. It's really hard. Yeah, um, I bet. <laughs> but it's like all hard things. It's it's worth it on the other yeah. side. Uh, yeah. So I know you mentioned a little while ago that that you uh, you would go to some trade shows. Did you go to any electrical trade shows? Um. So this year, actually, I'm going to my first. Uh, I I I meant uh, like uh, living tiny trade shows. Okay. Um, but this year, I'm actually going to go to my first lineman rodeo in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm psyched. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's that's going to be cool. Because, I mean, that's part of it is, like, uh, yeah. if you're helping a target market, you got to be in their world. But more than that, like, you got to know their world. And so I've heard about these rodeos all the time. I'm so I'm so excited to go. Yeah, there's another one that that I went in twenty. Me and my dad went in 2019. The Nika. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we went 2019 Vegas, and then they canceled last year's. Yeah. And then they have they have, this this October in, I believe, I believe it's Nashville. So we might end up going. Oh, cool! All right. I uh, I might I don't know I might go to that too man that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah yeah so I was just wondering I was uh, I was just wondering maybe maybe that was it the one that you that you that you been to. No no I it, it was it was a lot of uh, uh, schoolie shows and tiny house shows really to kind of talk to people that are interested in it about the positives. I felt like I was the only guy talking about the negatives. But I think that's important. Yeah, um, you need to put them out there. Uh, oh yeah, because dude, when you're when your whole house and everything that you have and love is broken down on the side of the road, and you've got smoke coming out of your radiator because your water pump exploded and shot into your radiator, and your dog runs out and gets hit by a car. And you gotta turn around to the kids and make a game plan and give them some certainty really fast. Like, that's a skill set, man. It's tough. It's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Yeah, like you're teaching you're teaching people out there about like the financial side of it, but then you're also like, hey, you need to be prepared if you go on the road. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. So, like, what? now like the the you know whatever like you're doing right now like what i mean what do you have planned for the future like growing it or, or expanding yeah so um i'm really excited about our nonprofit. um discover yourself now we are we've got a great team together a great uh, le- uh leadership board advisory board um put together uh to do immersive workshops in schools to do long-term curriculum series that can fit into different schools and then we've got kind of a publishing side where we're going to be looking at uh, how do we make financial literacy uh, exciting and accessible to kids and teach literacy and reading at the same time so um, i'm really excited about that project and growing that project into the future Um, and then for the financial planning side um, just continuing to work and expand into kind of America's trades. Um, 
it's the trades that kind of build America, um, that have built America, that are going to continue to build America, and most of them are completely underserved by the financial services industry. And it's, it's a real shame. I mean, the first lineman I met with was like 29 at the time, making good money, and was smart enough to like say, I want to own X amount of real estate. I want to have, you know, X number of cash flowing businesses. And I was able to kind of like, we were able to work together towards that. The second guy I met was mid fifties, had been making over 300,000 a year for the past eight years and had less than $8,000 saved up to his name. And he had seven kids. Well, and that's when I was like, this group needs help. Yeah, I want to talk with this group. And it's just like it's just linemen that you go towards. You don't you don't go towards any like the like residential electricians kind of thing. I mean, I could if I had that I am if I had maybe a contact in that field. Um, (laughs) But you you know how the trades are, man. it can can be a pretty tight knit group, but there's an inside, there's definitely an outside, and until you're on the inside, you're definitely on the outside. Um, yeah. And so I've I've uh, been working with linemen long enough that it's kind of like word of mouth spreads, um, and so I'm kind of pushing into that. But electrical workers of all sorts, electrical workers of America. <laughs> Yeah. I, I can help out. Yeah, that's cool. Dude, I have like a I have a long term vision, like how I was saying earlier of changing the industry. Yeah. Um but like I wanna I wanna add I wanna incorporate like fitness and personal development in it. Yeah. Right. So so help all all the electrical the electricians get mentally and physically fit. Because that's something fit. that they like. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's. <laughs> and that's I know, fair, I know right? like you, you know, you know that that's something that they like. You know, the especially like the you know like their mindset. You know, yeah. But financially, how are you saying? Dude, you have fi- financially fit in there, and it's, it's like it's game changer. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, like, you work better when you got goals you're aiming towards. You don't make mistakes when you're not losing sleep at night because you're behind on your bills because you just can't figure out where the money's coming in and where the money's going out. Um, And you start to see yourself as a boss, as a player in the game when you've got certain goals that you're hitting on a financial field. Like financial mindset and mindset... A lot of times people will just focus on improving their mindset, but not, and that's fantastic. You need to do that, but they don't pair that with any sort of financial literacy. And so you can feel in your head like a freaking boss and you're making more income, but you're still in the same place, financial. Because we have these financial thermostats that we're set to that sometimes our mindset can go up here, but our financial stories, some of our hiccups that we have from our past of, oh, this is who I am in this family, um, that can stay regulated down here. It'll bring your results down. Yeah, dude, we, we, yeah, we definitely need to talk offline. 
Yeah, man. That's exciting. That's exciting, yeah. man. Because, um, hey, you know, like you want to transform your industry, I want to do the same yeah. uh, in mine. Too often, the financial services industry is either it's a bunch of old dinosaurs um, that operate in huge plushy offices that's designed to, I guess, intimidate people. I think it's supposed to impress people, but also intimidate people. Or um, you've got people playing by old rules. Um, or they just want to talk finances. They just want to talk about the, the money part. But the problem is, like, you don't get to know, like, no one actually knows what their financial goals are because oftentimes we're borrowing other people's financial goals. You know, I, I, I want to make 10000 a month. Where did you get that from? Uh, it just sounds nice. Okay, so you heard it from someone else, and you don't actually have financial goals of your own. Um, yeah. And so why why are we going to create a financial plan of oh, I want to have a million dollars by age, you know, 40, two million by age 60. It's like, uh, OK, this is made up like we got to dive deep a little bit here. How did your dad talk about money? How did your mom talk about money? Not only how did they talk about it, how did they act that was either in line with it or not in line with it? Because all of that is in your head. Those are money scripts that you've got. And those money scripts are floating around in there. Sometimes they serve you, sometimes they don't. And sometimes they're contradicting each other, but you don't know. Like an example um, from my life, my dad was building his business and had been a good fiscal you know, uh, uh, budgeter. And so I kind of, interpreted and had this little story in my head of a man a good man budgets every penny and is fiscally conservative with his money well also during that time growing up my dad's business started to do well and we would go out to dinners and we would go on vacations and stuff so the other story i got in my head was a man treats his family and kids to treats and to good stuff. Well, these two stories, they're not necessarily in conflict once you're aware of both of them. But if you're not aware of what your own internal money stories are, you spend a lot of time going like, okay, uh, I want to budget, 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 budget. I also want to blow it on this really nice dinner and treat my wife to something. And then you're stuck in kind of this cycle of, guilt, shame, motivation, unable to execute until you kind of bring these stories to light and realize each of them serve a purpose at a different time. They're not in conflict with each other. But just like any sort of psychology, any sort of mindset work, we have stories in our head that we're not aware of. And a lot of those have to do with money. And not a lot of people talk about that. Sure, dude, that's a conversation that nobody has. Yeah, and it's one that we will it's it's rife for self-sabotage yeah yeah dude. so man so just so like the i, I actually like I, I we've been like free-flowing right i don't have i told you i don't have anything script but i do have a canned question that i always ask all my guests at the end perfect um yeah but real quick before i ask you the question yeah um, just let everybody know where they can find you and everything you're doing Sure. So um, you can find me at uh, 
linemanfinancial.com. Um, I have not done a fantastic job of my, my industry. We don't do a lot of social media stuff. Um, it's a little suspect. Um, <laughs> thank you, Bernie Madoff. Um, but yeah, you can find me at linemanfinancial.com. Um, on Instagram, I don't talk about finances at all. It's just my personal Instagram, Rob Shanup, uh, S-C-H-A-N-N-E-P, um, and LinkedIn. You can find me there. What about your nonprofit? Or is it same? Oh, dyneducation.com. Cool. So if you're in Texas and you've got connections to the education field, um, Man, I want to talk to you. We're in Arizona, California. Um, I'm up in Idaho right now, but uh, uh, we've got a few Texas connections up in Dallas um, that we're pushing into, and uh, Austin would be a cool market too. In the education field, okay. Yeah. I can I can ask. We have a Facebook we have a Facebook group um, of Austin RT members. Yeah. Um, so I can I can ask on there to see who's who's in the financial field and if there is I'll connect you with them. Education field. Education, yeah, my bad. All right, yeah. man. What's oh, yeah. the question? So, Hit me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, a lot of people, most people have a whole bunch of breakthrough moments. So what do you consider one of your most impactful breakthrough moments? In business. Anything. Oh, anything. We'll keep it business. Okay. Um, but like all things in business, it's still personal. Pers the old uh, thing of, uh, hey, man, it's not personal. It's just business. Everything's. It, if you're doing business right, everything's personal. So one yeah. of mine was uh, probably one of my biggest breakthroughs was owning who I was in my field. I am not the guy that is working with $100 million clients or large pensions and 401ks. Um, and I always had a little chip on my shoulder uh, that I was young, I lived in a school bus, like a vagabond. Um, I like spending a lot of time with my family. Um, and and I want to be massively successful in my business. And I had an image of someone I was not that I was trying to be. And when I owned, they're like, no, I'm a school bus dwelling, family first, father figure in my family's life, and a financial advisor. Um, it that that sort of integration was a big breakthrough moment for me and as soon as i could own who i was instead of who i was trying to be um i was able to get those results much quicker than what i was doing before i was acting out of integrity i was acting outside of integrity before as soon as i was acting inside of integrity my results took off that's awesome dude that's a that's gold right there all right. Happy, happy for it. <laughs> for sure, well, man. Cool. So, what was that? Oh, I was just going to say thanks a bunch for this. This has been fun.
For sure, man. Yeah, great conversation. Drop a lot of value dropped on here. Good, good. I'm glad. And it's good to connect too. Like you following your father's footsteps, not in the same way at all, I'm sure, but in the same industry, and you're seeing how it can serve and help people. Same over here. That's a, that's a neat connection. Yeah, dude, for sure. We're definitely going to talk online about about this stuff. All right, man. All right, man. Hey, yeah, thanks a bunch. Thanks, Breakthrough Society. <laughs> for sure, man. Have a good one. All right, you too.